think Terry, and I think I can correct me if I'm wrong, Terry, whatever Terry does when it comes to construction and stuff, he desires to be to be the best that he can be at it, to do a great job. To do a great job. And I think that would be for all of us. You know, Mark at Lowe's, he, he goes every day into work, striving to do a great job at work. So I think that's for all of us, no matter what we do, uh, where we work at, where we're at, where we play at. We should have the desire to be great at, you know, to be the greatest that we can possibly be at. So, and I look at that this morning, and I thought, well, what about in your Christian walk? Do you have a true desire to be a great Christian? And it should be yes. Every one of us should have a desire to say, I want to be a great Christian. Now, I'm gonna, we're going to talk a bit more about that, but that's kind of the mindset that Paul has here. You know, it is striving to be great. It's not, listen, we're in, we're, the race that we're in, we're running for Christ. We're running for our Lord. And it's not about being good enough. It's not about merely hoping I finish. You know, that shouldn't be our desire this morning. Say, man, I hope I just finish the race. No, Paul lays it out here. You run the race that God has given you. You run it with desire to win. You don't run just to finish. I hope I come in second place. I hope I come in fourth. I just want to cross that. No. You run the race to win. That should be every one of our desires, to be great. Not to be good. As the quote was on there just a minute ago, and you'll hear me say this again. I mentioned it a few times Wednesday. Is that good, simply being good, is the enemy of great. Because we settle for good. That's good enough. If I can just be good at it, I'm happy with that. God says no. You know, and I, and I mentioned this tonight, you know, we think about heaven. Heaven's not just going to be good. Heaven's going to be great. And the things that Christ does, it's not just good, but it's great. The cross wasn't just good enough. It was great. And we serve a great God. So why do we lower those expectations for us when it comes to Him? Why do we lower those expectations when it comes to us being in his eyes? We should have a desire to be great in his eyes. It's not about for man's applause. It's not about I can be great in the eyes of others. We're not comparing ourselves to each other. We don't look, you know, I don't look at my, my life compared to Ken and say, I want to be better than Ken. No, it's not about that. It's about being great in the eyes of God. But we have to have that desire. We have to have that, that want to. We have to have that motivation. God, I want to be great for you today, Lord. And as a church, this should be that way for us as a body. We want to, Kingsway wants to be great for God. We want to be great in His eyes. We don't want to be satisfied for being good. We don't want to just merely finish the, the line, but we want to win the race that God has given us. So I hope this morning as we work through this and we look at this idea of striving to be great, that we will we'll, we'll get there. And again, I think that's the way Paul lives his life. I don't think Paul, and he, you know, you think about the Olympics, you think about people who train. Again, I'm a sports guy, and I don't think any sports player or any sports team ever says, well, I hope we're good. I think they have the idea, the mentality, we want to be great. That should be us as believers, striving Striving to be great, again, not in the eyes of men, but in the eyes of God. So, I'm going to share something with you, and I hope, uh, maybe you find it to be surprising, maybe you already know, but over in Mark chapter 9, 
Mark chapter 9, verses 33 through 35. Mark chapter 9, and in verses 33 through 35. Striving to be great means being a servant. And as it says, the greater you serve, the greater you become. The greater you serve, the greater you become. Um, but anyway, it says here in Mark chapter 9, and in verses, beginning in verse number 33, we read down to verse 35. And I, I kind of, I love this. It says, they came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he began to question them. He says, what were you discussing on the way? But they kept silent, for on the way they had discussed one another, which of them was the greatest. Uh, sitting down, he called the twelve and said, if anyone wants to be first, he shall be last of all and servant of all. Now, I want to tell you, when you look at this passage, does Jesus condemn them for their ambition to be great? No. He doesn't. He doesn't look at them and say, it's not, it shouldn't be your desire to be great. He never says that. He simply changed their, their way of thinking on what great means. You see, they're they're having this argument. Uh, we 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 want we want people to look up to us. You know, we want to be recognized by people. You know, we we want to be considered great. You know, in heaven, you, you go back. I think it was in Matthew where uh, was it Zebedee's mom came and said, "I want my brother to sit to right hand and left hand." You know, and they kind of argue with one another. It's not about being great in God's eyes. It's not about being, you know, that everybody, it's not about us looking down on others and everybody else looking up at us, but it's Jesus himself who was the greatest of all. There is none greater who is Christ, and yet he was what? He was the greatest servant of all. You want to truly desire, again, going back to what we read in, in Paul, where Paul said, we want to finish, we want to come first. Well, if you want to cross that finish line first, if you want to be considered great in the eyes of God, then that means you've got to be willing to get your hands dirty when nobody else will. You've got to be willing to serve who you've got to be willing to serve others that nobody else will serve. It's not about having your name in the limelight. It's about cleaning the toilets if that's what needs to be done, because you are a servant to all. And that's what God says. So he's just changing their way of thinking. He's, in other words, he's saying, if you want to truly be great in God's eyes, in my eyes, then that means you have to be the greatest servant of all. We don't want to be servants, in a way. You know, we, we don't mind serving a little here and there. But that means you're a servant of all. When you go to McDonald's, they're not serving you, you are serving them. No matter in your workplace, who you work for, your boss, it's not about that just being your boss. You are his servant. Being a servant. None of us likes that idea of being a servant. But yet that's what God says. That's what takes to be great. Well, guess what? I mentioned to you earlier, if we have that desire to be great in God's eyes, then we have to put ego aside. We have to put our, and we all, every one of us has an ego. So don't sit here and say you don't have an ego. Yes, you do. Yes, I do. We have to be willing to push that to the side and say, Lord, I'll serve all. He doesn't say to serve who you want to serve. You know, pick and choose your, who you want to serve. No, you're a servant to all. 
Wouldn't that change the mindset that everybody, if every believer, no matter who they are, whether it's pastor, deacon, Sunday school teacher, whatever, I mean, it doesn't matter in the church. If we had that mindset, I am a servant to all. When TDs at the nine at Creek City, here in the Bible visiting, remind them, you're a servant. <laughs> but it's that mindset, guys. And that's what he's saying here. It's not about it's not about raising up to a position. It's about getting lower. The lower you go, the higher you get. Man, let's let's get as low as we can get. Because that's what Jesus did. To the point, what did he do? He washed the disciples' feet. It wasn't beneath him. Find the, the thing that you you like you you hate to do the least. Be willing to do it. Be willing to be a servant of all. And that's what it means. So the striving to be great means to be a servant. The greater you serve, the greater you become in the eyes of God. Turn over to now to John chapter 15 and verse number 13. Striving to be great means you are willing to sacrifice all. John chapter 15 and verse number 13. Here's what it says. It says, Greater love has no one than this, that one laid down his life for his friends. Now, listen, we know that that's how Christ felt, and he laid down his life. I've got on there with me a living sacrifice. If you go over to Romans chapter 12, verse 1, we are to be a living sacrifice. It simply means that we are we voluntarily, we voluntarily give up what would ever keep us from being what God wants us to be. Whatever that means. Now, a living sacrifice, it's, it's not holding anything back. It's not, you know, keeping a hold on something, but it's, it's bringing, it is bringing to the altar anything in my life that will keep me from, and again, it's not about God saying, oh, you have to do this. It's about willing to do it. Now, God asked for it. Listen, when we give our life to Christ, we, we said you are not just Savior, but you are Lord. That means my life belongs to you. And we are to be a living sacrifice. Because guess what? Life changes. Life changes. You know, tomorrow things will happen. You might accumulate something Wednesday down, down the road. Life changes. That's why we're to be a living sacrifice. When you came to Christ, whatever day that was, when you made your commitment, you surrendered your life to Christ, it is a continual surrender. That means you surrender today. That means you surrender tomorrow. We are to be a living sacrifice. Again, one of the greatest stories in, in the Bible, you go back to the Old Testament in Genesis to Abraham. All right, Abraham and Isaac. And again, God called him out and he said, he told him, he says what? I will make your name what? I'll make your name great. You're going to be a blessing to so many others. But he also asked Isaac, he also asked Abraham to do one thing. And what was it? It would be willing, voluntarily, to lay Isaac on the altar. Because what did he love? He loved Isaac. That was his son. He loved him with everything that he had. He had to be willing, voluntarily, to be willing to sacrifice Isaac. Now here's the deal for you and I. 
Okay, if we're, if we're going to be considered great in the eyes of God, not only do we have to be a servant of all, but we have to be willing to be a living sacrifice. That means here today, guess what you have in your life? You may have it in your life. You may have it tomorrow. You have Isaac in your life. You have things in your life that you're holding on to, that you absolutely love, to, whatever it may be. It could be, it could be your job, it could be finances, it could be your family, it could be whatever it is. You know what they are. I know what they are. I know what my Isaacs are. Because I have You have Isaacs in your life. Here's what God is saying to do. You want to be considered great in my eyes, which we all said we want to be considered great in God's eyes. That means we have to bring our Isaacs voluntarily to the altar and say, God, it's yours. I'm, I'm voluntarily giving up. I love you more than I love whatever your Isaac is. That's what Abraham did. Abraham would not have been, or not have done and gone to where God, to do the things that God wanted to do in his life and through his life had he held on to Isaac. And for you and I today, God says, man, you can be great in my eyes. You have the possibility of being great in my life. I love you. I gave my best for you. But here's what I'm requiring of you. Be that living sacrifice. Give up your hopes. Give up your dreams. Give up your desires. Give up whatever is keeping you from being who I want you to be and going from where I want you to go. You have got to bring your Isaacs to the altar of God and say, God, I'll give it up for you if that's what you want. Because guess what? I don't want it to be good for you. I want to be great in your eyes. That should be our desire. So you want to be great, and you're serious about being great for God? Then bring your eyes to the altar and say, Lord, we're yours. Now, if that's what you want me to do, if you want me to continue on that dream, if you want me to continue on that hope or desires or job or whatever it is, God, I'll do it. Because he didn't abandon Isaac. He didn't abandon him. God just wanted to see if he was willing to give it up. And it may be for you. You may have a desire. You may have a dream. You may have something that maybe you love to do. And you don't know if you can give it up. God is saying, I want to see if you give it up. Because he may say, I want you to give it up. I've got something else I want you to do. Or he may say, take it and keep going. I don't know what God will say. Only God knows that. But you have to be willing to bring it. So you want to be great in God's eyes? You've got to be a servant of all. And you have to be willing voluntarily to be a living sacrifice. That means you bring everything you've got, everything you've got, everything that you are, to the altar. And say, Lord, I love you. Because John 15, 13 says, no greater love than this. You'll be willing to lay down your life. So how much do you really want to be great in God's eyes? Are you willing to lay your life on the altar and everything that means? That's what Abraham was going to do. And that is what it's going to take for you and not. So, Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 6. Striving to be great means that we are living by faith. One of the greatest chapters uh, in the Bible, the, the faith chapter. But living by faith. Striving to be great. Here's what it says, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 6 says this. And without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of those who seek him. 
God, yeah, one of the things you have to know about God, he gives us opportunities. He gives us multiple opportunities to kind of break through to new levels of faith. See, if we want to be great in God's eyes, we can't have the same level of faith that we had 10 years ago. There's no way. God wants us to grow in our faith. He, he, and he's going to give us those opportunities. The key for you and I is, are we willing to walk through those opportunities? Are we willing to break forth through those opportunities? Great Christians pursue a great God and are willing to take great steps of faith. Now, you look in Scripture. Show me. Show me in Scripture wherever that you saw anybody reap any great rewards without taking great steps of faith. Now, here, here's the thing. Your step of faith may not be my step of faith. We're not all required to take, take the same steps. But it is about taking greater steps than I took yesterday. It is about breaking you to a new level of faith today and tomorrow than where, where I'm at yesterday. So God's going to give us those opportunities. But go back and study your scripture. Go back and look and really search. I mean, even if you talk about the widow who gave up her two mice, that was a great step of faith on her part because Jesus said, look at her. In God's eyes, in the eyes of Christ, she took a great step of faith when she gave the last two things that she had, the two mice that she had. She gave it up for him. And in Christ's eyes, she exempts great faith. We want to be great. We have to be willing to take great steps of faith. Because I've got here, where there is no risk, there is no faith. And where there is no faith, there is no power of God. There is none. We want God to do great things, right? We want God to do great things through us. We want to be considered great in the eyes of God. Well, you go back and you think about the centurion who came to Jesus and said, Hey, I've got a servant who's paralyzed. And Jesus says, You want me to come? The centurion says, No, you don't have to come. All you got to do is speak. And what did Jesus say about the centurion's faith? He has never seen anything greater than the faith of the centurion. And you want to be great in the eyes of God? Be willing to take great steps of faith. Now, again, it's, it's different for you and I. God's not saying, you know, I want you to go from here to there. It's just about taking that next step. Whatever that is for you. And I want to tell you guys, it's going to be scary. It's going to, it's going to get you out of your comfort zone. Steps of faith doesn't mean we keep stay, stepping into the same steps that we take all the time. It doesn't mean staying within our comfort zone. Steps of faith is stepping outside our comfort zone. You know, Moses, and I said this, I love Moses. You think about the, they come upon the, the Jordan, and Moses is there, and man, he, he's ready. Caleb and Joshua, they're there, they're ready, they're ready to take steps of faith. When you don't take steps of faith, what do you do? You miss out on what God wants you to do. And the whole generation, the whole generation missed out on what God wanted to do because they saw the giants. They said, there's no way we can go over there. And Caleb and Joshua said, yeah, we can. We just got to go. We got to go. God will provide. They missed out. That generation missed out. Except for who? Caleb and Joshua. Guys, God presents us opportunities to, to take those next steps of faith, to break to, to, to new levels in our walk with God. 
And we come there and we have a decision to make. Do I stay where I'm at and do I just want to be good enough? Or do I really desire to be great? Man, if you truly desire to be great, you look at those giants, you look at where God's calling you, and you say, ah, I'm going to do it. Because I don't want to miss out on what God wants to do. How many of us, how many, how many believers, how many churches miss out on what God wants to do in them and through them because they don't take that next step, that next step? Do you want to be great? I asked you earlier, I think everybody said, yeah, I want to be great. Harder than what you think. But guess what? Like Paul says, this race, we don't prepare ourselves just to finish. We prepare ourselves to win. So run to win. Run to be great in God's eyes. Be a servant of all. Be willing to sacrifice your Isaacs, whatever they are. And when God gives you those opportunities to take that next step of faith, it will scare you to death. But don't be afraid. Step in faith. The Bible clearly says it is impossible. Impossible. It means I don't care how hard you try. I don't care what you do. You cannot please God if you don't follow him in faith. Amen. You can't. So if you're trying to please God doing what you do, you know, doing your normal thing, your routine, staying within your comfort zone, I want to tell you right here and now, I'm not pleasing God, you're not pleasing God, and we're not pleasing God. It takes faith to please God. Amen. Bottom line. Do you want to be great? Do you want to be great in insights? Walk in faith. Because that's when God is for. That's when we look at him and say, wow, that's what God wants. He doesn't want people looking at us and saying, man, you did a great job. He wants people looking at us. He wants people looking at you and me and Kingsway and other churches and say, wow, God, that's a huge difference. But that's what God wants. When they cross, when Joshua and Caleb led them across, did they go, man, Joshua, you're a great leader? No. They said, wow, God. Abraham, what did he say? Wow, God. The disciples, wow, God. That's what he wants today. He's not interested in the applause of men. That should be our interest. We want the applause of heaven. And we, in turn, want to applause heaven. Amen. We want to applause. Thank you, God. It's you. So this morning, do you have a desire to be great for God? Be a servant, be a living sacrifice, and be a faithful. Oh, house is safe. This morning, will you bring your eyes to the altar? This morning, I don't care what anybody else does, but will you say, God, I want to be grateful. It's not about comparing ourselves to others. It's not about comparing churches to other churches. It's about you saying, I want to be great in your eyes. Or maybe this morning, say, God, I want to be great in your eyes. I can be a servant. I can be that many sacrifices. Take no steps of faith, getting outside my comfort zone. That's going to be hard. That's what you need to come to God, but I will be able to do it. And I promise you this, he's going to give me an opportunity. He will, I'm telling you, if you pray that prayer, God, I will take that step of faith. I promise you, 
He will give you that opportunity. It may be before you walk out of this church today. Maybe that is the step. Being willing to step out of your pew and come down here in that step of faith. Because you really do want to be great. This morning, do you want to be great? God, can you that? What do you to this? Our Father God, as we bow before you, Lord, how in the world, but how in the world can we walk out of here today knowing what we can be in your eyes, what you want us to be in your eyes? How can we walk out of here today and say, Lord, I want to be average. Lord, I just want to be good enough. Father God, that's not what you want. It's not what you want. If it was, Father, I think you would have, you would have gotten after the disciples and they talked about being great. But you didn't. You just didn't. You're going about the wrong way. The desire to be great for me is okay. The desire to be great in my eyes is okay. It's not about being great in the eyes of others. And this is how you do it. Father, we we want your will to be done. We ask that your will to be done. And if you're speaking to someone, whether it's salvation, because there's no way they can be greater than not connected to you. May your will be done, Lord. We love you. We praise you. We thank you. Thank you for being great. Thank you for being great. It's the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.